Hi, my name is Lydia. And I'm Emma. And we're the hosts of Holy Ship. We are passionate about creating a space for women to talk about sexuality, their bodies, and all things relationships. We think that for so long, Christian spheres have often failed to address these topics with women in a healthy, shame-free, and open way. So welcome to Holy Ship, where we address all the taboo topics in a way that is honoring to you, your relationships, and God. Hey everyone, welcome back to Holy Ship. Today's episode is about sex and shame. If you've taken anything away from these last podcasts, it's probably that purity culture and many church conversations around sex have bred shame and are really just pushing a shame narrative, which is why I think it's super important to talk about that. And today we have Jana Lowry here to discuss with us. Jana is one of my friends and she was one of the first people I actually started talking to um, about this when I was on my journey of researching like sex and Christianity and all that stuff. It actually happened on a blow up mattress in her living room while we were playing a Harry Potter game. So, you know, great context. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Jana is an editor for TV shows um, and she's like super cool. You guys should definitely talk with her and like pick her brain about all things video and like she makes short films, which are so fun. Anyway, Jana, thanks so much for joining us and being willing to talk with us today. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to be here. So yeah, just to start out, would you mind just sharing a little bit about your experience with like relationships, sex, all of that jazz, how long you've been a Christian? Um, yeah, just share a little bit more about yourself and your story. Yeah, so um, I have been a Christian and like attending church since I was like young. Both of my parents were Christians. Um, and so like had the culture Christian kind of aspect. Like I was from the Midwest. So, um, you know, I, it was just like the thing, like you were, you were born, you were, your parents were Christian, you were a Christian. Um, and so when I was in high school, I started dating my first like serious boyfriend and, um, we like, we were pretty, um, uh, I don't know how to put it, but, um, we like, didn't really get super intimate all through high school because I also like was, you know, we were both Christians and I was like a little more uneasy about that. Um, and then our senior year, there was like a lot of pressure from like, outside sources like friends and family and or not family but friends and uh, like my sister was older than me so like she like was a little more you know she just like was understood the, those kind of things before me and then um yeah so we ended up having sex my senior like the summer before freshman year of college um and then um you know we had that kind of intimate relationship all through college until we broke up and then um after college I only ever um had sex with like one other guy um who was like a good friend of mine um you know again like we were very close so it wasn't like just a random like casual thing um but yeah and that's like relationship wise did you experience shame at all like I'll say before having sex and like leading up to that do you have sex or did you have shame experience <laughs> did you experience shame like having sex and then afterwards like what was kind of your experience with like sex and shame yeah um well it's interesting because like all you know growing up like we were told like you just don't have sex like that's the answer you don't have sex um and like it's such a sin and like you know we should feel like shameful and guilty about it and I did have I did struggle a little bit with shame especially at first because like also I was really insecure like I had some body image issues um and also like with you know the media like there was a lot of pressure and it was just like the thing you did like you were in a relationship you had sex and but like 
once you like, once I, once we like got to that point, it was like a little, it was hard and it was uncomfortable because, you know, it was just like, this is not something we should be doing. We like often talked about not doing it. And I was like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Um, and it, it definitely like, wasn't an easy thing. And I like, it felt very like during that period of time, I was very shameful and like very guilty because I also didn't really understand like the full meaning of Christianity. And I was like very much in the shallow end of Christianity, not like diving deep. And it wasn't really until like um, I moved here where I like didn't really, I mean, like that was after we broke up, but even then, like, I just like, don't really feel shameful about it now. And I think the difference is that I don't feel like my entire self Mm-hmm. should be shameful I think I mean there are like times where like I do feel a little guilty or like there are things where I like but I also have like you know confess this to God and like I believe that I'm forgiven but, like we've gotten to that point yeah um I'm I'm curious because I've also been in situations where I'm talking with my significant other um or like prior relationships where we would say, oh yeah, no, we shouldn't be doing this. Like, um, but things happen anyways. And it's always that back and forth of, you know, should we, should we not? Where do you feel like that came from for you? And cause like a part of me feels like when I was much younger, that came from other people just telling me that I shouldn't. And so that, oh, we shouldn't, was just an echo of, uh, friends or family or the circles I was in saying it, but do you feel like there was a, um, like an internal voice that was telling you to do that? Or do you feel like it was merely external pressure? I definitely feel like for me, it was both because like, I mean, they're definitely like, my parents obviously were like, Oh, you and I don't even know, like, as of now, like how they would feel about me like talking about this in general and like how they would feel about, about that. Like, Oh yeah. My mom's going to (laughs) flip. Um, yeah. But, uh, so externally, yes, but also internally, I was, I was very much like the goody two shoes. Like I had to like fulfill this, like, you know, my sister was a little more rebellious. And so then there was like an expectation that I did nothing wrong. And so then also like, I kind of internalized that. And I feel like a lot, and like, I also, even though I was more, on the shallow end of Christianity and not like really in the deep end, I still like had that belief. And so for me, it was really a struggle because I not only like felt like I was letting myself down, but also like God. And then I was like my family. And there was a lot of like internal like self because I had this like perfect image of myself. And so I had to like really overcome that. Yeah. I think that's also really interesting because you often hear this perspective coming from really strong believers who like have all the biblical reasons as to why they should not do it. And then they don't. Um, but I think, you know, even if you grew up in a Christian home, um, you, you don't always like claim your faith. And so a lot of that confusion comes from just hearing what other people say, and then feeling like you're not living up to expectations, but I think it's good to get the perspective like I would put myself in that category as well, because you're not, yes, you are Christian by name, but like you haven't claimed anything really. And I think that's the most formative time and all of that, like back and forth, I think is mostly external pressure, but also like a a part in you is that like spiritual struggle um, that's affected by 
by uh, sex and sexual activity, if you will. Um, so I guess uh, my next question is, and you know, Lydia, feel free to cut in if yeah. I've I've skipped to the next one, and that is, I you I think you said this already, but did anyone know like? did you confide, uh, confide in anyone, like any of your friends or family about, um, your relationship or were you like doing it all on your own or like At keeping first, it to yourself? It was definitely like all on my own. I was yeah. also like very, like, again, I was a little, like, I was a little conflicted about like telling people and like, you know, it's not that I was young per se, but like, I, that's still pretty young. Yeah. Um, and so I did eventually tell my best friend, um, and she was like, why didn't you tell me this sooner? And I was like, well, you know, I was a little ashamed and embarrassed and, um, and she like hadn't had a serious relationship at that point. So then it was like, I didn't know if you'd understand, but anyway, yeah. so I did tell her, I think my sister knew, I can't remember specifically. Um, but I mean, she definitely knows now, like, yeah. <laughs> um, but my mom and dad still don't. Um, and yeah, so I like talked to like close friends about it, um, eventually, but like at first, definitely not. And yeah. <laughs> and like, even after like the first time we did, then I, I was, I was like, we're never doing this again. I can't believe we did this. Like we should not do this. Right. Why do you, do you, why do you feel like you said that? Is it just because like what you heard from other people or was this, was there something that like, what would you pinpoint the reasons why you didn't think that you should be doing it? Did it just like not feel right? or? Well, yeah. it definitely felt, it felt dishonest. I mean, that's like, first and foremost, that was like the yeah. biggest struggle, I think for me, is I like felt like to do to be in that, like situation where we were alone. And like, it was just us. And like, there was even that opportunity, we had to like, it was just a little sneaky, it was like a little deceitful, like, there were people like that we like had to either tell or not tell like his brother knew and I was like, because like, there was one time where we were like, in there like at their house or whatnot and it was just like how do you like the level the lengths of like you have to go through to like make sure that this is like not being because like you know also you don't want someone like walking in on you anyway because that's yeah. disturbing but then like also the fact that like you don't want to get caught and like then there's like that sneaking around that just like becomes and it, it's just like I don't know I didn't I was I'm very close to my parents and I didn't want to lie to them anyway and so then it was just like this other like thing that I was just like, felt like I was keeping. Correct me if I heard this wrong, but did you mention that your parents still don't know? I don't think they do. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, maybe they do. I would assume that they like, think, do you want, like, do you want an podcast. alias for this podcast? Do you want to go by a different name? <laughs> no, no, no. It's totally fine. Um, Why do you think it's important for you to share your experience now? Like, you know, like some people in your life yeah. still don't know about this. Why do you think it is important that like people hear your story and that you share this. Yeah. Um, I have started to open up a lot more about it now. Um, obviously not my parents because like, that's just like something, you know, Midwest again, we don't talk about that. Yeah, it's true. It like doesn't happen. <laughs> um, but now I feel like it's really important just because like also going through like the most recent like situation and like just being like close with someone and then like not really getting the full closure. Cause like that was a little different of a scenario and it was, definitely like harder to deal with. Um, I just feel like if I keep quiet about it, other like women will probably like go through something similar or maybe they have already and they have no one to talk to about it. And also like now as I get older, I have like younger 
female cousins. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't want them to like grow up thinking like, well, this is wrong. So I shouldn't do this way. Or I should feel ashamed that I did this. Like, I can't believe I would. Mm -hmm. And like, think they're terrible people because they are human. Right. Or think it's wrong and do it anyways and just hide it and then feel like doubly worse about themselves. Like shame goes to hiding and then like even more shame and like, just like, it's kind of like this like circle where like, or downward spiral. Yeah. And I feel like also there's an opportunity there to like kind of push away from God, even if you are close, like, and even if you're not, I mean, like, there's just like a further pull. And then like, you know, cause if you're at that point, like where you feel ashamed that you like, like, how could you do this with a like guy? Then it's like, well, uh, at this point, like oh, you will never go back because you're so embarrassed and everybody's told you how wrong it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I, it's very, it actually is very personal to me because I do like all the women in my life. Like I don't ever want them to feel mm-hmm. like embarrassed or ashamed that they made a mistake. Yeah. I also think like, just like, I remember like when you like first started talking to me about this, and, like when I was like asking all these questions in my life and like to you, like it honestly helped me process so much of what happened in my life and like really solidify like what I do and don't believe. So like Thank you for sharing that with like me then and now like with all these women that are hearing this like that means like so much and like yeah yes of course very grateful for that but yeah I think it's interesting how um like when you're raised in a Christian household and you love your parents and your parents love you and you have you know just like a good upbringing somehow And I don't know why this is, maybe it's because it's not talked about enough. You still feel like there's something you need to hide or like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm just thinking, like I had my first kiss when I was 14, I think. And I kid you not, I did not tell anyone except for, I think maybe, maybe a friend but I didn't tell anyone for like an entire year. And like this guy, and it wasn't just like a, like a kiss kiss. Like it was, it was more than that. And, and like, this was my first experience like ever with like a boy. I, I was homeschooled, not saying I was sheltered. I just, <laughs> it was just like a new territory for me. And he was older and like, he was with other girls and like playing them or whatever. And I remember I hid it from my family for solid, like maybe almost a year and then I I finally told them when he like broke my heart I forget like the intricacies of it but and they were like why well you know why didn't you tell us like there's no way that this happened and there was like disbelief and also like you know why would you do this which only made me feel like worse Mm -hmm. and want to like hide more and I think I went through like a period of my life where I just wouldn't share much about what I was going through with like relationships. And I just, I don't know what, what that is. Cause like mm-hmm. my parents are great. My community was great. And all I can say is that I just think it's because people don't talk about it mm-hmm. enough in explicit detail or like, you know, this, this, this is going to happen to you at some point in your life. And like, it's just going to happen. <laughs> like we're physical beings with physical needs and like, that's just, you know, going to happen. So I think, um, I think it's normal to, you know, feel that if, if you're raised in a, in a Christian community and th- yeah, the only reason I can say is it's just like not talked to- enough about, but uh-huh. I'm not an expert. I'm not a parent. I'm not a church leader. I don't know when to start talking about it. 
but we're doing it now right Lydia yeah <laughs> what you said actually just made me laugh really hard so again I like don't talk about anything like sexual with my mom just because I just feel like it's also like weird because it's like your mom you know what I mean but, like, like I'm so best weird. friends with my mom like, yeah like Same. I tell my mom everything except for like now well now yeah now I would tell her like well I wouldn't tell her everything for. out of respect for my relationship she's like everything. now that we've recorded it I will tell her everything <laughs> yeah now that it's on the hey, internet mom. I gotta call my mom tonight what's so funny is um so I would like obviously never talk about anything sexual with my mom I'm sure she knows she like somehow figures everything out about my life and maybe that's just the maternal instinct but I would always tell her about the kisses I had because I like literally vividly remember one time it was an iffy situation I made out with a guy made out he made out with me I had no idea what was happening I was just like um (laughs) what um but anyway it was at like 3 a.m and I like came back home and I like couldn't tell anyone about it because it was 3 a.m and like I was like, I need to talk with someone. I was like, a guy's tongue was just in my mouth. Like, I was like, oh my word, oh my word. And I figured out, I literally stayed up the whole rest of the night. And then the next morning, my mom was in the bathroom getting ready, you know? And I like come up behind her. I was like, um, I kissed a boy last night. And like, honestly, up until this point, like I really like had never like kissed a boy or like done anything. And my mom was like, haha, like, no. And I was like, no, I don't think you understand. Like I broke curfew and I kissed a boy last night. And she was like, wait, are you being serious? And I was like, yeah, I was like, he had his tongue in my mouth. I was like, I don't even know what just happened. Like, I was like freaking out. And she was like, oh, this is too good. And like, I was like freaking out. But like, I now I tell her about all my kisses because like, honestly, up until this point, they've all been comical. But <laughs> yeah, so I think it's funny. Like, I would like tell her about kissing, but like nothing else. But yeah, that just reminds me of that and my weird kiss stories. We should have a whole episode, honestly, on like awkward kissing stories like first kisses. I have like 10 that I can tell you right the, now the first kiss is always like it's, the worst yeah. it's, it's nothing that the movies say I have show. done a lot of like things obviously as we've talked about in other episodes and we'll talk about in the future I have like yet to have a good kiss okay wait yeah I take that back I had two really great first kiss are you talking about like first kiss though you haven't had a good one or like just kiss in general no like in general in general that's I've had okay this could be me I'm not claiming to be a good kisser I have literally no idea what I'm doing or how to kiss but apparently one time I mean again we'll talk about this when we talk about drugs and alcohol but I was super drunk one night and made out with a guy and apparently that went well so you don't remember that one though so exactly you don't remember if it was good or not my first kiss um was super awkward but my boyfriend's first kiss because I had kissed a guy at this point mm-hmm. and when we kissed it was like on my it was like magical like I wrote it down it was like I like oh. it was really sweet um but it was like my birthday and he was like I'm gonna give you like a birthday gift and I was like oh like go like walks over like thinking it's an actual physical thing and then he's like no and then like it was really sweet and like the cutest like like comforting it was like oh it was amazing I'm <laughs> screaming that is so adorable oh my word that is adorable. He yeah, was very sweet. That I have that <laughs> my next kiss. That'd be cool. My birthday's November 16. We have time. Lydia, look. <laughs> this can happen. <laughs> look, I can set you up. I can I can hook you up. I might want to preface that we were friends first. <laughs> oh, there was like a comfort there. Like, who, who can I kiss? No, I'm just kidding. Great. And was there, is there ever any shame after just that act? Like, I feel like there so we've talked about this in one of our episodes, like, um, the sexual umbrella is quite Mm -hmm. wide and there's many things that fall under it. Um, 
is there any shame just like to bring it back to what we're talking about in other sexual activities like that may not even seem like a big deal but it it is a big deal in for some people and like there's a lot of couples that I've met I mean they don't they're kind of like unicorns they don't exist a lot anymore but like save their first kiss to their wedding day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like is there ever any shame associated with the smaller minor if you will sexual activities um you mean like sexual or like intimate um that's a, I feel like there's like intimate where it's like holding a hand or like different th- you know what I mean like fair couples. okay so we'll say intimate if we make it broader if that was I feel like just like a kiss in general is not necessarily like sexual that's fair but you know I was listening I think it's very intimate I mean I think it could be it could I mean, be well, yeah I think like I'm talking about like your first like peck you know what I mean like right but there Lydia I was listening to um I don't, I think it might've been a podcast, but there's some people that don't believe in giving front hugs. What? Yeah. Well, if you think about it, like, I don't know, a front hug. I also don't, I'm not huge on hugging people. Um, yeah. I, unless we're like dating, which is like a thing, but I, I don't know, like it, a hug can be very like. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. True. Very personal. Yeah. Look, I'm here to represent all of the perspectives like I was telling Lydia in one of our episodes I was like I think a hand hand holding is very intimate and would fall under the umbrella because you know you don't shake every person's hand that you meet just like in specific contexts and you certainly don't hug a coworker unless you guys are but it's also interesting that Lydia was like asking about the clarification of like sexual versus just intimate because Fair. intimacy can also be like talking, like it can be like intimacy yeah. is so always, true. like the way we think intimacy. So mm-hmm. true. So, okay. So like, when does the shame start? Then that, that would be my question. And Lydia, feel free to answer this too, because mm-hmm. I can't answer that right now. I did recently, um, I did recently listen to like this sermon series um, and they were kind of talking about this and they were like, and they made a really good point that like stood out to me. And from then on, I was like, okay, this is how I'm going to like view this aspect. And they said, if you're busy looking for the line of what is okay and what not is okay, most likely you're already in the not is okay. And you should evaluate where you are. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it was just mostly saying, and, and to that point, it's not even about like, this is bad or this is good. It was more about like, what are you comfortable with? And like, what do you like? I feel like some people have different callings from God on like a physical level. Mm-hmm. Like some people may not, they, it may be like, no, he wants me to save my first kiss. Mm-hmm. And like, that's so special and so unique. And then other people, I think he, you know, knows that you might struggle a little more with this. And so then he's like, okay, it's okay. That you've dealt with this and then now if you want to shift your priorities or if you want to like you know just as long as you're being like smart and careful and like thinking about like the ways that like you know like what you want out of your it's a very much I feel like it's a relationship and a conversation with God more than anything mm. I think kind of to that it kind of brings you back to Corinthians right where he's like some like sins one I think have a pull on people more so than others but then also like sometimes like kissing for some people is way more sexual than for others and that can like leave like straight to sex right whereas like other people like it won't so like people have to have like different boundaries and convictions so yeah like I guess I would like agree with you like some people do like are convicted to save their first kiss till marriage because like 
I mean, maybe they don't like feel like that temptation, like stronger than others, but like they do like feel that conviction. So yeah. Do you think kind of this, I mean, I actually don't even know my thoughts on this. Do you think that there's like a line, you know what I mean? Like, do you think like you can be like, ah, I can have a blow or I can give a blow job and that's not like sex and that won't lead me to sex. And that's okay because it won't lead me to actual like sex, sex. You know what I mean? It's funny because when I was in my long-term relationship, I mean, we dated for six years. So like, (laughs) you know, but there was a lot of that. It was a lot of like, um, where's the line? And like, and this is like at a time where I didn't have this revelation of like that conversation with God. And so we were like, well, this is okay as long as like it's above clothes or like, oh, this is okay as long as it's like above the waist. And it's like, we were so busy like nitpicking, like, and a lot of that was me really, because I feel like he would have been fine with whatever. But like, I was sitting there like, well, I don't want to do this or I don't want to go past here. And I would keep inching my line, which is also like where I feel like women kind of tend to do that because we want the guy to feel needed and we want like to give and we're very much givers. And so then it would be like, oh, I'll give him this much. I'll like let him have a little more leeway in this area. I don't know if that answers your question. What if like my friends, like they started, you know what I mean? Like obviously like they would kiss in the relationship, but then like it moved to like hand jobs and blow jobs. And then like, you know, like they would be naked, but they want to be having sex and all this stuff. And then like, it ends up getting to the point where they would have like sex, but like, as long as no one like, or as long as the guy did not like ejaculate, they didn't think it was actual sex. You know what I mean? And I was like, you know, it, I feel like it's just like that line just keeps getting pushed back. Like you were saying, it's like, it's kind of like, oh, I'll give this much more and this much more. But then it's like, you know, at what point, like, is it just not that anymore? You know? Right. And yeah, I mean, I feel like you could, you could do that all the way to having sex like your mm-hmm. friends did. I mean, that's like what we kind of did. It was like, oh, as long as it's not this, as long as it's not this. And yeah. then I was like, well, here we go. Yeah. And it just kind of, like, I mean, yeah. You I think that's also why. So what? I think like you justify it in your head, like each step you, that you're taking to it. And then like having sex, you're like, oh, it's fine because why, you know? Yes. And now thinking back, like had I been older when this relationship happened and like, you know, going step-by-step step and now like future relationships, I just feel like I have the perspective, like, okay, I now know where my personal boundary is and where like, like God feels like where we feel like we're okay in this area. Like if I like kiss a guy, I don't feel like he'll, mm-hmm. like, I don't have that. Like I feel shamed and I feel guilty. Yeah. Like we're, this is not okay. As long as it's, it's, you know, it doesn't get out of control. And to that, like, I also heard this way in this sermon, he was talking about like a lot of people don't want to do anything less than like sitting upright because like, as long as they're sitting upright, they know like, yeah. you know, we're not going to like go in and they don't, and some people don't want to be alone. And I kind of like that idea as well, because I feel like there's like a comfort in having a crowd. Um, yeah. yeah. That doesn't stop you in New York from seeing people still do things on the street though. So <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Yikes. Oh goodness. You know, I'm curious, like, so you were talking about like, you know, now that you've like talked with God about like the things you've done, like you believe you're forgiven and you don't necessarily experience like shame like you did before. How did you like work through that process? And I think like actually like kind of going back, how did that like breakup affect you because you had been like having sex? Like, do you think that was a different type of breakup than like others because you had been physical? It's funny because, um, when we like after we had first started having sex I was like messaging him that I told my best friend this was like a few months after and his father saw the message 
and like had this talk with him and I, and he brought up that point. He said like, you know, and our families knew each other very well. I should preface, like we knew each other since we were five. So I knew them very well, but he brought up a point where he was like, you do realize that if you guys were to break up, it would be a lot harder now. Mm-hmm. And so I thought of that when we were, I mean, when we broke up, like I was sick to my stomach. I was like literally throwing up in my bathroom. Um, it was traumatic. It was really hard for me. And like, and I'm the one that broke up with him. And like, I was still having that reaction because like, it just like was very hard because we did, at the end of the day, we did love each other. And so like, that's also, I think that's partly why it was so hard, but it also like helped me with like the shame and the guilt and like getting through it because I knew that it wasn't just meaningless and it like was out of love. Like I would not have gotten that far with him had I not meant, meant it as I love you. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that was me saying like, I love you truly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in that perspective, like it's a little different because like we had, you know, that level of like understanding and like, I don't ever feel, I never felt used by him or like uncomfortable or that he like took advantage. And so then, you know, now we still like met up a couple of times and I do think it was a little harder for him, especially because now he's not a Christian. And that was like part of the reason that we aren't together. Um, But yeah. And so it, it definitely was harder. And I think it would have been easier had we not, but when you've been together that long, it's kind of understandable. And at that point, like, um, you know, you just, then you have to deal with the repercussions of like, this is what we've been through and like, this is how we heal. And so it was more about at that point, asking for forgiveness from God than less of like feeling guilty. But like, I don't think God wants me to like still dwell on the fact. And I think he wants me to know, like, it's okay. Like Mm -hmm. totally fine. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think like part of like my journey, like figuring out what my boundaries are now, like all of this stuff was like, I honestly like wouldn't take back anything I've done just because it brought me to here and it brought me to this realization. Like I was like super physical in relationships. And then like the breakups, like, like, I mean, one of them like took me years to get over. And like, I mean, we didn't even have actual like sex, sex, you know what I mean? Like, and so I can't even imagine, but like now, like I do not know that those things affect me and have like a greater meaning like in relationships. So, I mean, ultimately, like, I mean, again, struggled with shame for years and I still like have that, like some days where I'm like, ah, and like, I just feel like this like wave of shame, but like, I'm like, honestly, like glad that it happened just because it brought me to this place. And like, again, I'm not saying like people should like, you know, be physical in a relationship so that they can grow here. But like, I do think like your story to shape who you are and like, God does use everything that you've done and that like is happening to you to like grow you into the person you are today like he doesn't like use any or doesn't have any act unused so I love that you said that because I completely agree I just feel like you know it very much like had this not happened to me I wouldn't for one be able to talk to other people about it mm-hmm. and two I wouldn't have had this big change apart and just like it changed like seriously that event changed my entire like course of now and I do I would not have the relationship with God mm-hmm. that I do now yeah I think also because those feelings turn us to God um to give us some sort of comfort solace and like answers um I'm not saying that you know people should seek for that feeling in order to get there spiritually um but I do agree with uh what both of you have said um 
and how like this isn't something that's meant to be dwelt on for the rest of life. Um, it's something that can turn us to um, confession and yeah. repentance and, you know, ultimately just forgiveness and a new life um, with him. And so, um, yeah, I just, you guys say all the right things. <laughs> I mean, I think you kind of touched on this already, but how has this changed your relationship with God yourself? And like, I don't know if you've been in other relationships since then, or like, like, how has it changed those? And if you haven't been like, how do you view relationships differently now? Yeah. Where are you now? Yeah. Um, I mean, it definitely, I talked a little bit about how it was very like surface level. Mm -hmm. Um, and it very much was so, but also I think part of that was because I never really had to like, I like always had like a fallback. Like I had people like taking care. And so I never like was on my own. And like, really once I was on my own, I was like, wow, I really rely on God. And then it was like, okay, I'm like actually on my own, like even like relationally. And I was like, and again, it was one of those things where I evaluated where I was and I was kind of like, wow, I like rely a hundred percent on God. And at the end of the day, like no guy, no, not my parents. Like, it's just me and him. Like, that's who it's going to be. And like, that's how it is for the foreseeable future. And that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, it was like the kind of then that I started like pursuing a really deep relationship with God. And like, now I feel like I do have a very close relationship with him. Um, I mean, not to say that we don't, you know, like every relationship yeah. there's give and take. Um, and there's like struggle because there are times where I get like really frustrated and I'm like, well, why am I not like, is this because I like did this in the past and now I don't have a few, like, you know, really, cause I'm single now. And I'm like, well, maybe that's part of the reason it's not, that's just like me speaking in my head, the mm-hmm. falsehood. Yeah. I mean, now I definitely like rely more on God and like, I talk to him more and I'm like, I'm kind of finally at the point where it's like, okay, this was clearly like something I needed to go through, but it also like helped me find what I want in a relationship and what I don't want in a relationship. And because of that now, like, I know that, you know, I would really prefer like, and to like keep physical, like anything physical to like a very minimum. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, you know, and it's harder in the moment. Like I, I have slipped up once since like I, you know, got together with a a really close friend and, um, it was also very difficult because it was like, I had already like started having this revelation, but it was just like another stumbling block that I needed to go through. But it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, where like some people struggle a little more and like, I've learned that I definitely do. And also like, I think it's harder when it's someone that knew you and like, so they had like this like idea of who I was. And now it's like, okay, well, I need somebody that like, is going to meet me in my place now and also be at the same page in their relationship with God as I am. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's kind of where, where I am. I spend way too much time on TikTok. It's like my kryptonite. Um, People are just so clever. Anyways, I was watching this TikTok and it was this guy, he looked like he was in his twenties, maybe late twenties. Um, but he was like laying in his bed and he was like, yo guys, like, you know, with, with the way the world's going right now, I think there's going to be like a sexual realization in men. Like men are going to want to start looking for wives because they're seeing like the pendulum has swung so much one way where like, it's so accessible now. Mm -hmm. Um, through so many different means um, and just in like culture and media and, and looks and all that, that he was like, you know, men always want 
you know, what they can't have or like what's more special. And I think we're, it's time for like a sexual epiphany, if you will, um, to like happen again. And I just, I think that's really interesting. And it made me hopeful to see a guy just like realizing it, like what's going on? Like we want women that are committed to us and we want women to respect us just like women want to be respected as well. Like I think it goes both ways. And especially with this topic, I don't think boys want to feel shame either. Um, And, you know, maybe they don't as much and that's, you know, a whole different story, but I, I think that it's the best of both worlds is Mm -hmm. for everyone. And I think that guys, there are some that realize that. Um, But yeah, I just, I say that for hope and, um, and yeah, just that no one wants to experience um, shame or, or doubt. Um, That's such a good point. Also, because I feel like, I mean, I feel like most of the time when guys are talking about sex, it's portrayed as if like it's they want it or like it's mm-hmm, it's right. never like portrayed in the fact that they could be ashamed of it. They're just yeah. supposed to like own it and be proud. And I know some guys are not that way. Like a lot, like I feel like my ex doesn't go around talking about like he and I like together mm-hmm. because like there was like, I, and I think he may have struggled a little with shame. I mean, I wish like I never really asked him about it, but like even if he didn't like, it's not something that like guys always boast about. Yeah. And I, I wish that like there was a conversation. And I feel like because it's stuff like what we're doing right now, like if people are more open and like more willing to discuss like how they actually feel about this, then maybe there would be like an open dialogue. And then guys and women, both like men and women would feel as if they were equally met on like needs and, and, and feelings. Well, thank you, Chana, so much for sharing your story and just having this conversation with us. I feel like I left it knowing like even more about myself and about others. So such a great conversation. Um, Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. We're so happy that you joined us for this episode and that you've been following along um, with the Holy Ship podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at theholyship.podcast for all of our updates. And if you have any questions or concerns, feel free to DM us or send us an email at theholyship.podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. Um, We can't wait for you to hear our next episode.